Good morning to each one of you. It's uh, a real blessing to be here with you this morning. As I was thinking of uh, a Christmas message, I had a number of messages that I had preached elsewhere and would have liked to preach here. That's always uh, kind of like money in the bank, you know, when you have, have a sermon ready. Uh, but I felt I should share something about the Christmas story. And I've always been impressed uh, through the years of the faithful few and decided I'd preach about that. Uh, you know, there was the children of Israel had this this rough ride, you know, with ungodly kings and godly kings. And and then the judges and the prophets, I guess the judges came before the kings and then the prophets and. And uh, there's times in there where the Bible says everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Uh, it was a difficult time for, for God's people. And then there were the silent years. But here, here comes Christ. And there's these faithful few that were expecting him, uh, understood what was happening that this was not just something for the Jews, that this was for all people. This was a light for the Gentiles. And, and uh, that just always amazed me how there was these faithful few that somehow uh, were in tune with God throughout all those difficult years. However, I decided to uh, zero in on the shepherds and uh, not talk about all the faithful few. Um, I enjoy sheep. I've had sheep now for, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years maybe. And uh, I really enjoy uh, sheep. And it, it does bring to light some things in Scripture. Um, scripture talks a lot about sheep. And sheep are not the most intelligent creatures God created. And you can be reminded of that quite often when you're, you're dealing with your sheep. Uh, I am thankful uh, for my sheep, this past year we had a bumper crop of lambs, probably close to double what we've ever had, and it uh, helped pay the bills for a wedding. That was great. I was very thankful for that. However, I'm not ready to be a full-time shepherd. Uh, I think we would uh, rely on you all to pay the bills if we were. <laughs> but uh, it does look attractive at times the life of a shepherd. Uh, I've been amazed again as I looked at these uh, shepherds here in the Christmas story. There's something attractive about the life they lived, and, and I kind of long for that at times. Now, there's a lot we don't know uh, about these, these faithful few that Scripture speaks of or surrounding the Christmas story. We have little glimpses into their lives and it's the same with the shepherds. We don't know. It doesn't take a lot of imagination to assume that somehow they had uh, a relationship with God uh, before he tapped them on the shoulder. I think Mary was a godly young lady before the angel tapped her and said, hey, I have a special job for you. And... And Joseph, this man that had a very significant role in this whole thing, I think he, he had a relationship with God before 
God chose him for this special challenge that, that he would live with through the rest of his life. And on and on we could talk about the different ones. This morning we want to talk about the shepherds. And, uh, and again, I say we don't know, we're reading between the lines a little this morning. Uh, we don't know a lot about them, but it, it appears they were people that, that were in touch with God. Let's read the story from Luke 2. We'll start reading at verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea and onto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us... Now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. Years ago, I wrote in my Bible, uh, right after verse 19, I wrote this little phrase, Christmas, a time to ponder. Uh, You know, Mary pondered uh, these things in her heart. I'm not sure what all that meant, what all she did, but it seems to me that Mary paused a bit and, and realized 
hey, I'm part of something big. Something big's happening here, and, and I'm a part of it. And I don't think she understood everything. Uh, she certainly was understanding more and more as time went on and, and was delighted to be a part of what God was doing. And I think it's good for you and I uh, to ponder a lot throughout the year. Christmas certainly is a time to ponder because God is still doing big things through his son. The shepherds. The first thing I'd like to look at is the shepherds were faithfully going about their present personal responsibilities. Uh, They were doing their job. They were out at night caring for the sheep. God uses people that are faithfully going about their personal personal responsibilities. Uh, Let's remember that. We all have responsibilities that we are to be doing. And, and we need to be faithful in those. Whether they're large or small, we all have things to do. Let's be faithful doing those. We could look throughout Scripture. In, uh, in 1 Samuel, David uh, was a little boy, or a young, young man at least, not, uh, not but so old, and God was looking for someone to replace Saul as king. And he went to, to David's home, to the home of Jesse, and he went down through Jesse's sons looking for a king. And he got to the end of the row of sons, and uh, Samuel said, is, is this all? You know, God isn't choosing any of them. Well, yeah, there is one more. He's out taking care of the sheep. And Samuel said, well, bring him here. We, we need to go through this process. And God chose David, faithful lad out there caring for the sheep. And God chose him. We could look uh, at Exodus. Uh, we have Moses. We know how how Moses, raised in Pharaoh's court, and uh, felt the call to deliver God's people from from their uh, bondage there in Egypt. But he he ran ahead of God, it would appear like, and and had to flee for his life. He finds himself out in the desert, again, a shepherd, taking care of sheep, just going about his job, his daily job. Nothing glamorous about this after living in Pharaoh's court, I'm sure. But he's there. He's doing the job. And God taps him for a big, big responsibility, something huge. And he, with some struggle, accepts that responsibility. We could look at uh, Gideon. You know, he was, the, the Midianites were oppressing the children of Israel and, and they, were, they were having trouble even to survive. And so he uh, cleverly is threshing wheat at the wine press. 
Most likely, it was not the time to be working in the vineyards, and so the Midianites would not expect to find people there. So he goes there to thresh the wheat, trying to survive, probably trying to feed his family. God taps him and says, I have a a job for you. Peter and Andrew, James and John, going about their personal responsibilities, fishing. And Jesus comes by and says, I have a job for you fellows. Follow, follow me. So I would like to challenge us here this morning that we all have personal responsibilities that we need to be doing. Let's be faithful in those. And God can find us there and, and show us new areas of responsibility he has for us. I have a question for y'all, and I'd, I'd invite a response. Uh, were these shepherds men? Has that ever entered your mind? Were these shepherds men? Are there any women shepherds in the Bible? Can you think of any? I thought of eight. Uh, Who are they? There's only two of them named, but there there are eight at least. Okay. Yes. Uh, You know the name? Okay, Rachel at least was. Uh, We don't know about Leah, maybe, but Rachel. When uh, Jacob fled for his life and he came to the well and uh, he uh, he was asking a bit, you know, anybody know my family around here? And oh yeah, yeah, we know them. There, well, there comes, there comes Rachel. That's Laban's uh, daughter, and uh, he rolls this rock away and helps her uh, water her sheep. It says she took care of of her father's sheep. Uh, who are the others? The others, the other uh, seven. Let's. Uh, Let's turn to to the passage. It's in Exodus chapter 2, where we had just been talking about Moses. Anybody? Does that tip you off? Exodus chapter 2, verse 16. This is uh, Moses fleeing to the backside of the desert. And uh, verse 16 says, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water with their father's flock. Zipporah was the only one we know that's named because she later married Moses. But his seven daughters were shepherds. They were taking care of their father's flock. It would appear like maybe Moses relieved them of that responsibility. Maybe Jethro didn't have any sons. I don't know. But uh, they were shepherds. So, like I said, we don't know a lot about these shepherds around the Christmas story. We, I have always assumed they were men. And maybe they were. 
but let's not be so sure. There could have been women among these shepherds. Okay, secondly, we want to look that the shepherds, men or women, were willing to believe the unbelievable. Uh, Picture yourself out at night. Uh, Most of us don't experience this, but so often, but we go camping and stuff occasionally. Uh, You're out there at night. It's dark. Uh, The sheep are all, by this time, done grazing. Uh, They're they're lying down around you, chewing their cud. Uh, They're quite content. What is there to do? You're a shepherd. The sheep are cared for. They're they're happy. Um, It's dark. Um, You don't have an iPad or anything like that. Uh, What is there to do out there? Anybody have a response? What would you do out there? Okay, yes, if there was a number of them, I'm sure they could uh, they could talk about a lot of things, uh, stories from the dangers of shepherding and and yeah, the local current politics and and hopefully prophecies and so forth. Uh, yeah, there would, could be some dis- times of discussion. What else? What? Yes, yes. David spent lots of time out there, and and it appears like uh, David practiced his harp out there. I think would be safe to say. Uh, he he definitely was in communion with God out there, and and wrote wrote poetry, and and I think it had a lot to do with David being the man he was for the rest of his life was his time out there, uh, out there by himself a lot of the time. What else? What else is there to do out there? There's something I'm looking for. What is there? David says in Psalm 83, he says, When well, I consider your heavens and work of your fingers and moon and the stars which you have ordained, which makes me think that you're going to have to kind of ease back into the sky. Okay, that's exactly what I was thinking of. You know, they might have had a fire. Uh, I'm sure they would have at times. And, and you, can, you can watch flame. I can watch flames for hours. There's just something relaxing about watching a fire burn. Uh, there's something nice about seeing the shady old, shady, sh- sh- I, I'm, I get tongue-tied sometimes, but you know what I mean, uh, faces that have shadows on them, <laughs> uh, of your friends. And... Uh, and having a discussion, that, that, that's enjoyable. But oftentimes when we're out at night and it's dark and there's just not much to do, we look up. And we don't look up enough. None of us look up enough. And it is hard to be out in the dark and look up at the vastness of the heavens uh, lit with stars that, that are so far out there we can't really comprehend. And I don't always believe scientists and their measurements. Um, they might be right, but I, I never liked science in school, so I'm skeptical. But, uh, but yeah, it's just vast out there. We all know that. And, and somehow that draws us toward God. 
It sure should. When we, we, we realize some, some supernatural being did all that. I mean, you, you just can't come to any other conclusion. And so there's something good about you and I being out there in the dark and looking up. And that's something shepherds obviously did, did a lot of because there wasn't many other options what to do out there in the dark. So they gazed up at the starlit sky and obviously had to, to think about God. I believe their time out, of, out there, away from the hustle and bustle of, of life, prepared them to believe the unbelievable. You know, when, when we focus on the Creator, this supernatural being that, that has done things that we can't wrap our mind around, we begin to be able to believe the unbelievable. And, and we all need to get there. We all need to, if we're going to be the kind of people God wants us to be here on this earth, we have to be people that are willing to believe the unbelievable. And I think the lifestyle these shepherds lived uh, prepared them to be those kind of people. Being out there and being in, in touch with nature and seeing the handiwork of creation all around them. Uh, David was mentioned. You know, David was out there with his harp, and he would he would write poems, and he would put them to music, and and he was in tune with God. But when the lion came and the bear came, David believed the unbelievable that he, with God's help could take care of that lion. He could take care of that bear. And I think his, his uh, being surrounded by the Creator prepared him to believe the unbelievable that he could actually take care of that. And then later in life, that giant Goliath was just another one of these situations where he had to believe the unbelievable that somehow he, as a young lad, could kill that giant with God's help. The God, the God that he, that made those stars, the God that, that created all this stuff, the God that he had learned to worship and trust. I guess the challenge that I'd like to leave with you this morning is, do we take enough time to look up? Do we take enough time to prepare our hearts to be people that will believe the unbelievable. I'm afraid I don't. I think we need to do better. We can get so busy with so many things, and there's so much grabbing our attention. You and I, in the day we live, in the technology that, that we have at our fingertips, need to be more disciplined than any generation if we're going to take this time to be this kind of people. We have to be intentional about these gadgets and how much of our life they are going to control. 
And, and I would challenge you to take that seriously because it is not something that's going to happen on its own. If you just let life live itself, uh, you are not going to have this kind of time and you are not going to be prepared to be uh, a person that can believe the unbelievable if you just let technology rule your life. You're going to have to say no to some things that are perfectly legitimate and fine in themselves. You're just going to have to say no with, with no other reason than you want more time to ponder. You want more time to dwell on the Creator so that when the time comes that you need to face something like these shepherds did or, or something maybe much smaller, but you need to have a connection with the Creator, the one that can do the impossible. You need to be prepared for those times. Thirdly, the shepherds were men of action. They took what they were hearing and acted. They acted on it. So often, you and I uh, struggle to cross that bridge. When I was up at uh, SMBI's ministers meeting uh, up there with, with Dan and uh, Nan the, the other year, uh, Melvin Lehman was speaking and he was... He, he had this picture of a bridge and we all have intentions and he had intentions on one side of the bridge. The other side of the bridge is actions and so many of us never cross that bridge. We have the intentions and the intentions are good. The intentions are excellent but we don't cross the bridge to, the, to, to act on, on our intentions. Uh, just a little side note here. Uh, this is going back to my experience with sheep. Where were the sheep through all this? Uh, you know, sheep get spooked extremely easily. Uh, you know, I can go out there with feed that the sheep desperately want. They're hungry. They want this feed. But if I make any sudden move, they run. They're out of there just like that. They're, they spook so easily. And as, as I read this story and I, I, I uh, picture this, this angel coming and light and, and probably some kind of a significant sounding voice and, and all of this is something they should never have experienced before. I mean, they'd be, they'd be hundreds of yards away in no time if it were my sheep. And uh, I just had to wonder, where were these sheep through all this? Uh, there's not a word mentioned about the sheep. Uh, did God miraculously calm, calm them and sedate them and they just calmly uh, lay there chewing their cud? I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been total chaos. But, uh, but the sheep... You know, we, we, don't, we don't hear anything about them, and it doesn't seem to be on the shepherds' minds. It's amazing. This is their responsibility. And uh, they, it doesn't, doesn't say anything about the sheep. 
Their mind was on other things. These, these uh, shepherds, men or women, whoever they were, they were willing to go beyond their comfort zone. I don't think, I think it's, it's probably safe to, to assume that these shepherds weren't accustomed to following the midwives around and welcoming new babies into the world. I don't think that was the norm for them. I think that was something they'd have probably been rather uncomfortable doing. But here they do it. You know, some of us tend to be overly cautious. Uh, we call it common sense. Uh, you know, let's think this through. I mean, it's nighttime. These people are sleeping. You know, let's give the poor people some space. I mean, she just had a baby. And, you know, tomorrow's another day. Friday, we're going to be taking lambs into town for, for the Sabbath. Uh, we'll stop by then. Come on, guys, you know, get a grip on things here. We, we need to use some common sense. I can, I can hear myself saying all of those things. Uh, but it does not appear like that's what happened. It says, let's go. And they took haste and, and went. It takes discernment. You know, to act timely when, when God speaks. And I'm not, I'm not uh, suggesting we should be impulsive, rash people. However, I am suggesting that, that we need to be careful that we are not so cautious that we do not act when God speaks. I know I need to, to learn that lesson. I'm afraid sometimes, you know, common sense gets in the way of, of timely action when God is, is speaking. By going promptly, I think these shepherds uh, brought a lot of comfort and confirmation to Mary and Joseph. You know, doubts could have settled in. You know, here we are in Bethlehem, when we really should be at home. I mean, this is no time to be traveling and having a baby, and there's no room in the inn. Obviously, God did not have this thought out very well. Here we are in this stable, uh, and that doubts could have started creeping in is somehow did we miss something here? Uh, I, could, I could picture myself with some of those doubts. Uh, but here come the shepherds. And the shepherds say, hey, we, we got a message from the angels that, that what's happening right here, we were told to come and find you. And it wasn't just one angel. There were, there were thousands. And, uh, and we're here because they told us we would find you here. Uh, I can just see Mary and Joseph being comforted by that message at that very time when, when probably they were maybe having some doubts. It just reaffirmed again that the angel that visited Mary and the angel that visited Joseph, it, it just was all fitting together. God's doing something big here and we're a part of it and, 
And here's another piece of the puzzle coming together. And, and yes, we're, we're right where God wants us, and he, he knows exactly what's going on. It's beautiful. Am I, are you being faithful in, in the present responsibilities that, that God has given you? Are we, are we willing to believe the unbelievable? Or is that just too big a stretch for us? Do we act when God speaks? Or do we somehow explain away the urgency and say, well, you know, let's, let's have some common sense here. In closing, I'd like to, to look at a song that has, uh, that has come, become real special to me uh, uh, the last couple of years. I was listening to the radio one day some years ago, and Woodrow Cole was going through this song, and I always liked this song, but I never understood it. And he explained it so well, and it has, it has meant so much more to me since that. In verse 1, and, and this again is somebody reading between the lines. The, whoever wrote this song doesn't know that it happened this way, but it very well could have. Uh, verse 1, you know, the shepherds are bursting into song and praising God. Well, it doesn't say they're singing. They maybe were saying, uh, the angels were saying. Scripture does not say they were singing. Uh, so we don't know if the shepherds were singing or not, or if the angels were singing or not. But anyways, they were praising God. And in verse 1, the, the shepherds are praising God for what they had just experienced. And I would guess that this was out of character for these men. It appears that way. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plain. The mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. The shepherds, you know, out there on the hillsides and, and what, whatever the, the angels were saying, this glory to God on the highest was echoing uh, through the valleys. And, uh, and the shepherds were rejoicing and, and uh, sharing this. And then verse 2, uh, the villagers are surprised and full of questions as to why these shepherds are suddenly full of joy and they can hardly contain themselves. These shepherds say, you know, the, the villagers are saying, shepherds, why this jubilee? Why your joyous strains prolong? What the gladsome, gladsome tidings be, which inspire your heavenly song? What, what's going on, you guys? What, what, why are you so happy? What, what are you all excited about? And then the shepherds respond, come to Bethlehem and see, him whose birth the angels sing, come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. The shepherds invite the villagers to come and see for themselves what has transformed them into a jubilant choir of worshipers, something totally out of character for them. And it would appear like in verse 4 that, uh, that the shepherds perhaps go back to the manger for the second time. Take villagers with them. And 
Then the shepherds and the villagers, along with Joseph and Mary, sing again, glory to God on the highest, as they look down on this Savior, the Christ child, lying in the manger. That's a beautiful picture to me. Whether it happened exactly that way or not, I don't know. But, but to, to imagine, you know, Mary and Joseph, with, with some of the doubts maybe that, that were creeping in, and then this confirmation of the shepherds, and, and then the shepherds leave. And, and here a little while, they're back, and they bring others with them. And, and they all just rejoice at what God has done. Uh, this song is just, I think, a very meaningful um, picture of someone's imagination of what could have very well happened that night. So Joe will lead us in that song, and uh, Leon or Gerald will close the service. Joy. 